Hi, I'm Ella Torrance. And I'm Molly Anders. And you're listening to Dig Deeper, a deep dive in the psychological explanations of social experiences, everyday s- struggles, and philosophical perspectives. For today's episode, we'll be talking about experiences with dating apps, the psychology and history behind them, the social norms they promote, and of course, personal experiences with them. He literally, like, tensed up, like, every muscle in his neck, like, started sticking out, and he got really tense, and he was like, why are you asking me about my family? So I'm already sitting there, like, trying to figure out how I can leave immediately. Yeah, so I, I, I like, hardly knew, like, anything about her before we met. So I guess that, that was just, like, up to blind luck that it worked out. So, until pretty recently, dating through the internet wasn't exactly mainstream. We had Match.com and eHarmony and a couple other dating sites, but they were thought of as like pretty lame way to get a date. So, what is it that changed, and why is it now that a record number of people are swiping on Tinder? Well, I think for starters that our infamous global pandemic may be kind of playing a role. The usual ways people meet at bars and in classes, uh, they're pretty much out of the question now. And not to mention, people are bored. They're looking for things to do other than thinking about political unrest and global warming and social distancing. We just need something to do that's positive to occupy our brains. Right, but even before COVID-19, A rise in technology has created this multi-billion dollar industry that has pretty much lost its stigma. I've had a lot of positive experiences with online dating, honestly. For a while, I thought that it was kind of weird to say that you wanted to be in a relationship, but I do think that's what I would like. I actually met uh, my now girlfriend on a Okay, Ella, I got some stats for you on how popular online dating has actually become. So as of today, about 3 in 10 adults in the U.S. have used dating apps. People that do use dating apps spend an average of 90 minutes a day on the app. And as of 2016, the average Tinder user swipes 140 times per day. That's, I mean, that's a lot. And it makes sense. It's dating without the stress of getting dressed up or like having an actual in-person conversation and it can all be done from the safety of your own home. I don't know, I feel like that would make, that makes me a lot more confident. Yeah, easier. It's a lot easier. It's like instant gratification. Like it's literally like people telling you that you're attractive. It goes back and forth between being like a very good thing and a very bad thing. But when you get on there, like you're literally only matching with somebody based off of their appearances. I think everyone likes the, the affirmation of seeing people being like, oh, they like me back. But it also feels really hollow. People would send me a message and I would be like, yeah, yay me. And then the, the converse would happen. And I would send them a message and I would never hear anything back. And then I was like, ugh, this sucks. Like most social media, dating apps hijack the brain's reward system to keep users hooked. Using dating apps feels like simply playing a computer game, complete with bright colors and fancy graphics designed to make users addicted to playing it. Because 
playing games releases endorphins, reduces anxiety levels, and makes the user feel good. Also, beyond the initial endorphin rush of getting a match, these apps work to increase your serotonin levels through a series of rewards and badges that you can win. Um, and increased serotonin levels are correlated with happiness, which therefore increases the popularity of the apps through user approval. Dopamine also comes into play. This neurotransmitter is key in the brain's reward system. The brain releases dopamine while you're using the app, which makes you feel good, and stops when you close the app, which makes you crave more. Operant conditioning also plays a big role in creating today's dating app addicts. Uh, operant conditioning is a learning technique that comes from rewarding positive behavior and punishing negative behavior. So it creates an association in the brain between the behavior and the reinforced consequence, whether that is negative or positive. So with dating apps, matching with someone gives the user an immediate validation. Someone thinks you're attractive, which obviously feels really good. This feeling makes users want to continue using the app, which is why matches show up intermediately on a schedule of reinforcement. So users will keep the app even if they don't necessarily enjoy the idea of dating apps, just for these sporadic gratifying matches. I frequently like download and delete and then re-download and delete because I'm like, okay, I want to meet somebody, but then I don't make a genuine connection with anybody. And then I like feel really bad about myself or I feel ugly or whatever. And then I take a break and then I'm like, oh, I'm bored and I want to meet new people. And so I get back on. But at the same time, talking to new people, especially in this isolating time, has been really interesting if they um, like want the same thing and just want to get to know someone. Since dating apps are all fresh on our mind during these boring quarantine times, we were wondering what the effect it has on dating culture. So according to um, Megan McClintock in The Psychology of Dating Apps, before this outbreak of online dating, the most common way that you would find a date was through your friends and other social networks, which created um, a social check. Basically, if you treated someone poorly, your friends would find out about it um, and they would give you a hard time for it or it would like change your reputation. Uh, but with online dating, we don't have this check. So it gives us a lot more room for ghosting and it's normalized rude dating behavior and it has little to no repercussions. Yeah, and because it's like a game, it's really easy to dehumanize the person on the receiving end of your behavior. So it's really easy to objectify people and be dishonest with people. Um, and we don't only see this with dating apps. We also see this with other forms of social media, like people cyberbullying each other. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but on the upside, dating apps have given us a platform to make a lot more connections and to diversify our own experiences. Um, it also just opens us up to a lot of different opportunities in meeting people that you wouldn't have met otherwise. Um, so in the same article by Megan McClintock, she talks about how dating apps have expanded our own expo exposure to different communities and different people. Um, specifically for like the LGBTQ plus community, it's become a lot easier to meet people that identify similarly to you, um, which I feel like, yeah, which makes dating a lot easier. Once, I, when I like first got on Tinder, I met this kid and he seemed pretty cool. He was really cute. He was like a security guard for designer stores. And so he picked me up and was like, oh, let's go back to my place. And then we show up and he's like, okay, be really quiet. He's like, sorry, I live with my grandparents. So we like get in his room and it's carpet floors and it's like a boy's room. So messy and cluttered. 
and it had this really, really weird smell. And then he's like, okay, I need to go shower, so you just stay here, and you can, like, put on a show or something. So I'm already sitting there, like, trying to figure out how I can leave immediately, and he's in the shower, and he comes back, and he's only wearing his boxers, and I'm, like, sitting on the edge of his bed, and he's, like, laying, like, on his side, facing me in, like, a crescent shape blocking me in and I was just like oh my gosh I'm so sorry my roommate's actually really sick I need you to take me home right now and I went home and that was it so this increase in dating app popularity brings up the question do dating apps work Uh, This is a hard question to answer because a lot of the times people aren't necessarily looking to get married or even hook up when they're creating dating profiles. A lot of the time people use dating apps simply for personal amusement, curiosity, or just for an ego boost. So in this sense, dating apps 100% work because they provide a low stakes way to explore your own sexuality without getting hurt or leaving your couch and just like a fun way to meet new people. I think one of the most important things to figure out are your own motivations. So if those motivations are finding a significant other, then be upfront and honest about that with like the people you're talking to and also mm-hmm. to yourself. But if it's just for a hookup, then also do the same thing, be upfront and like talk about it. Or just if it's for your own personal enjoyment, like that's okay too. at a coffee shop and at this coffee shop we had coffee and it was nice we're chit-chatting and it happened to be right before the holidays and he said oh are you gonna see your family for thing or I said excuse me oh are you gonna see your family for Thanksgiving and he literally tensed up every muscle in his neck like started sticking out and he got really tense and he was like why are you asking me about my family and I was like oh you know just kind of making conversation like here's what I'm going to do for Thanksgiving and how about Mm -hmm. you and again like you could see how tense he was and literally like I looked around to see if people were staring because I felt like he was yelling at me like just saying don't even ask me that question about my family and I was like okay and then I slowly looked at my wrist and said oh my gosh I have to go and pick my daughter up from the babysitter now so thanks this was fun and I left and I came home and I deleted my profile. So we'll leave you with this. Six dating app tips from your local <laughs> dating experts. As found through minimal Googling and Psychology Today articles. <laughs> Number one. Simply having more pictures on your account can increase your amount of matches drastically. Dating apps are visual and people swipe fast. The more pictures you have up, the more information people will have to fall in love with you. Number two, (laughs) (laughs) look right at the camera in your picture. Um, A direct look is shown to be more attractive than a sideways one. Number three, smile. You may think you personally look more attractive with a serious expression, but interpersonally, smiling is so much more attractive and will get you so much more attention, both on and offline. Number four, take time to write a profile. Even if it's short, you're more likely to get a match if people can get a sense of who you are outside of your appearance. 
Number five, make an effort to communicate. Once you get that match, send a message. For people interested in women, women get a significantly higher number of matches than other genders and are choosier once they match. On the other hand, men tend to like a larger number of profiles but make little effort to start a conversation once matched. So send that message. Number six, that being said, meet in person as soon as possible, which I know is kind of bad advice in a pandemic, so maybe just like go for a masked walk. But the point is we're bad at predicting in-person chemistry online, and the longer communication lasts over an app, the more we build up our expectations and idealize the person. So just like we can dehumanize people online when we're rejecting them, we can also come up with an idea of a person that's unrealistic in the same way and takes away their agency, and that's not fair to either of you. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, information for this podcast we gathered through Pew Research, Psychology Today, The Washington Post, and Medium.com. I'm Molly Anders. And I'm Alex Torrance. And that was